Amen. I absolutely adore that we live in a city where I can wear a Hawaiian shirt on the first Sunday in Advent. <laughs> this is the place to be. Well, hello and happy Advent to you. It is the Advent season, and you know Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus. And Adventus means coming, approach, or arrival. During the Advent season, through the ages, Christ's church collectively waits for Jesus to return. And I love the before and after of Advent. On the front end, we celebrate that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and revolutionized the world in his coming. But then, now, today, we long for his coming once again, like that thief in the night, returning when no one knows, but bringing the consummation of his kingdom. And so we're in that in-between time as the church, longing for him to come again, but remembering with joy his first coming into the world. I love what Richard Rohr says about the Lenten and the Advent seasons. He says, these seasons are designed to be relatively small stages upon which we celebrate profound, huge truths. And so the shortness of each of these seasons helps to emphasize how important and life-transforming each of these events were. Jesus' entry into the world and Jesus' death and resurrection but like Bridget said, it's a very short Advent this year. Because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, there are just four Sundays in this Advent, 23 days, and then it's over. That's not a bad thing. That means the stage is even smaller than usual. And so we get a chance to gaze in a different way on this big truth, and we get a chance to decide today that we're going to make this Advent a time of slowing, a time of meditation, a time of focus, and we're going to do that as the church in the midst of a world that is only going to speed up between now and Christmas. You know how it goes, all the franticness and all the shopping, but we have the chance as the church to intentionally slow so that we can reflect on the significance of Jesus' arrival, all that it means to us and all that it means to the world. And so as we start today, we're going to start in the Gospel of John chapter 1 because Jesus' story didn't begin in Bethlehem. We celebrate his arrival in Bethlehem, but that is not where his story began. We're going to follow Jesus from the beginning. So if you will, join me in John 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 14 as we get underway. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. 
the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Would you please pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this Advent season. We are thankful for a small stage that allows us to gauge, to gaze upon this impressive truth, the reality that you came from glory into this world to show us the immensity of your love for each of us. And so as we begin this Advent season, help us to slow. Help us to sink deep down inside ourselves that we might reflect upon the significance of your coming, that we might long in a beautiful, worshipful way for your return, and that you might meet us in the midst of that meditation. In these next few minutes, as we focus upon the Gospel of John, I ask that you give every single one of us eyes to see just what you want us to see. I pray that you would give us hearts that are soft and ready to receive whatever you choose to reveal. And I pray you would give us conviction that's strong so we can apply what we see and understand to the way we live every day. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a fascinating prologue, this prologue we find in the first 14 verses of the Gospel of John. Of all of the four Gospels, John's is the one that is completely different than the rest. He has no birth account of Jesus at all. There's no baptism account to speak of. And yet, John actually starts his account long before the others. John starts in the beginning. John starts in the beginning in order to support his gospel's thesis. The thesis of the gospel of John is Jesus Christ is God. John reveals this in the first two verses of his gospel, and then he spends 21 chapters proving that thesis all the way through. His hope is that the reader will follow him all the way through this gospel, and in the process, he will prove to you that Jesus Christ is God. But let me highlight this morning three truths that John presents, even in the first two verses, to support his claim that Jesus Christ is God. Number one, Jesus was pre-existent. Jesus was pre-existent. John says, in the beginning was the word. And if we look to the end in verse 14, we are told that the word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. His pre-existence is linked to in the beginning. And when you read in the beginning, you really need to think in the beginning. Think Genesis 1. Think that creation account of all of the nothingness becoming all of the beauty that surrounds us in the world today. We all have read that chapter and gloried in the description of God creating everything from nothing. All of that power at work, and yet that wasn't just God the Father at work in Genesis creating the world. And it wasn't just God the Father and God Holy Spirit. It was Father, Son, and Spirit together. The triune God creating the world. And Jesus was there in the beginning. There never was a time when Jesus did not exist. That alone makes Jesus God. So number one, Jesus was preexistent. Number two, Jesus was with God, according to John. He was with God. The word was with God. And this gets a little trickier because we start delving into the realm of the Trinity. Jesus was fully God and fully human in his incarnation. Therefore, he was a separate personality of the Godhead. Jesus himself prayed to the Father. And during his earthly ministry, Jesus carried out the Father's will. But, while existing as separate persons of the Godhead, this context here in the prologue 
points to a complete union between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was preexistent. Jesus was with God. And thirdly, Jesus was God. John says the word was God. In case option two with the Trinity seemed a little too complex, just, just hang on to this one. It says Jesus was God. Now, with God emphasizes the distinction between Father and Son, but was God enforces the truth that Jesus is, in fact, God. In fact, James Montgomery Boyce says everything that can be said about God the Father can be said about God the Son. Think about that for a second. Everything that can be said about God the Father can be said about God the Son. Jesus Christ is God, and John wants to convince us of that reality, and only in embracing that reality fully can we celebrate what Advent means. Can we celebrate why it was important that Jesus came to earth, that the incarnation took place, that he labored among us, that he died on a cross, that he rose again, and that he's coming again. It's all linked to his identity as God. So what does all of this mean? Let me suggest three life-changing realities that we know as a result of Jesus Christ being God. Number one, we know what our God is like. We know what our God is like. Without Jesus, what would we really know about God? We'd know something. We'd look around at the creation and we'd say, oh, there must be an amazing God out there. We'd interact with human beings and we'd see elements of God and the people we interact with. We'd go through the events of life, the ups and downs, and we'd learn things about the existence of a power greater than us and outside of us. Sure, we'd know things about God. But with Jesus, gazing into Jesus' life, we really know. God. We really understand what our God is like. N.T. Wright says, if you want to know who God is, take a long, hard look at Jesus. And the book of Colossians tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. This is one of the reasons I'm very biased toward the Gospels. You've probably noticed as we work our way through the lectionary, we always have four texts to choose from, and I almost always choose the Gospel when we're doing it. And it's because the Gospels are so Jesus-centric. They show us so much of his heart in, in what he says and what he does. And everything we learn as we make our way through those four Gospels and we see Jesus at work in this world, it's always a reflection of the entirety of our God. It's not just about Jesus, but it's everything that God is reflected in the face, in the hearts, in the compassion, in the ministry of Jesus. We know what our God is like. Number two, we know that God is unchanging. There is only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is not an Old Testament and a New Testament God. That's a very popular conception, right? First, there was the mean God in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came and the loving God replaced him. And let's just ditch the mean God in the Old Testament and stick with the, the friendly, loving God in Jesus Christ. It's all one God, and it's all one plan. And during the Advent season, we get a chance to remind ourselves of that reality, that there was, this is a masterpiece, this plan, stretching through history, all designed to play out just as it has, and in Jesus, we do see the face of God. We know that our God's unchanging. Thirdly, we know that Jesus' death on the cross was significant because it wasn't just a man dying on the cross. It was God dying on that cross for you and for me. 
You see, Jesus wasn't simply a well-meaning, passion-driven radical who made a statement to the establishment. His death on the cross broadcast the compassionate love of God to the entire universe. This is what we celebrate in these 23 days. We celebrate the arrival of the God of the universe in Jesus. And we collectively, as the church, long for his return to rescue us in this day. And so let me offer an Advent challenge. Worship the real Jesus this Advent season. The real Jesus. The whole Jesus. The pre-existent Jesus. The Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. The Jesus who will come again in glory. Not just the baby in the manger. Include the baby in the manger. And our baby in the manger will arrive just in time this year on Christmas Eve. We remember the manger, but Jesus is so much more. And so as you enter into this Advent season and prepare to meet God in the midst of the season, worship the real Jesus, the whole Jesus. Embrace Jesus' entire journey. We'll work through four additional stops in the coming weeks. We will talk about the nativity. We'll talk about Nazareth as well. We'll talk about the cross. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about eternity all of the implications involved in Jesus' incarnation. But as we begin the journey today, let's make sure that we begin at the beginning, recognizing that our Savior truly is God, remembering the distance from which he's come, and remembering that he will come once again to rescue us. Praise God. Let me pray for us now. Lord God, we are so thankful for this season. And we want to settle into the immensity of your arrival. We want to take these 23 days that lie before us and we want to use them to draw near to you. To slow ourselves down, to take deep breaths, to take advantage of labyrinths and carol singing and gathering together. Whatever the elements are that help us to most closely draw near to you, help us to do so. And reveal yourself to us in fresh new ways. Help our minds, our hearts, our souls to hold together the immensity of your simple humanity, but your pre-existing glory. All of these things held together in you, Jesus. We want to behold all of who you are as we celebrate this Advent season. Meet us in the midst of it. I pray all of these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.